1: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here, as always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 1-0 home win in the Europa Conference League against HSK Zerinsky. Villa left delayed a 1-0 winner from John McGinn via a Matty Cash cross. Not a Matty Target cross, if you want to know. This is our third attempt at doing this because I've absolutely cocked the first two up by saying maddie target in the first one and being flustered in the second but nonetheless just for mr sebastian bacon's pleasure i have left that in to give everyone a notice that you know what even canadians make mistakes as well but regardless of that of course like i said seb has survived freshers week at uni he's here to talk all things villa we'll go through this game for the next 20 minutes or so and then touch On the Wolves game on Sunday as well so hopefully everyone has a fantastic Friday now that Villa are on the board in the Conference League with Group E all tied on three points the only difference being two teams have one more goal than Villa but regardless of that Seb how's it going for you? It's very
0: nice to be back I've missed you all um, in my prolonged period away but it's nice to be back with a win as well um coming into Friday morning now since you took about half an hour to record the intro but that's fine that's fine we'll
1: keep rolling um anything for a winner you bastard that's all I'll say <laughs> <laughs> yes um I I struggle with intros and to be fair you know what my excuse yeah, is, a flustered bit? is that what it is have you missed uh, me that much a little bit you know what I, I I think just seeing your face has flustered me so much with excitement um and being stuck with Simon's face for so long continuously <laughs> Uh, I think it's absolutely (laughs) just thrown me off. Simon, if you're listening to this...
0: We're going to get a text later
1: on. Yes, I am, probably. But regardless of that, let's get back to the game. Like I said in the intro, Villa did leave it late. Seb, you were at the game. I mean, just kind of quickly to kick us off, I mean, what was that atmosphere like? I mean, seeing it on video really just doesn't do it justice. But what did you kind of make of the atmosphere in the game as a whole? I mean, look, it... (laughs)
0: It's a dream come true, really, to be able to see Villa in Europe with my dad, who I've been going with uh, well since I can remember. Um, I remember, I remember seeing Simon at the end of the Brighton game and saying, "This is what we go to the football for for moments like this, for occasions like this." So, to be there and to be able to witness it the first time I've ever seen us in Europe was was special and something I definitely won't take for granted. Um, in terms of the match. Yeah, well, I, I didn't think it was coming. I thought it was going to be going to be one of those days again. You know, it's a typical foreign team, come, soak up the pressure. They did it really well, to be fair. And they they could have gone 1-0 up, or maybe even 2. You know, they had, they had chances on the counter-attack. So it, it was just one of those games. The second half was a lot better. We made a few substitutions. We made a few tactical changes. Uh, we looked a lot more composed. However, it's just... Final third, it didn't look as though it was coming until well, it had to be John McGinn, didn't it? The captain on the night it had to be him in the dying seconds, and to hear the place erupt was. There's nothing better. There is nothing better.
1: It's. I think for that goal as a whole, it's just it's an accumulation of what the second half was. said wasn't it. I mean, the first half was very. I want. I don't want to say slow and dull because Villa did maintain possession very well. It was just for me we were lacking the runners to move into open space. And that's really what the difference was in the second half, obviously with the substitutions, we'll break that down a little bit in a moment, but I mean, I'm shocked. We didn't score two or three in that second half. But again, when you have a team basically having all of all their entire playing staff, basically on the goal line, it felt like defending and goals that usually would go in just going right at the keeper, the keeper pulling off a few little worldies. It just it never felt like it was going to come off, was it?
0: Yeah, they had a game plan. They stuck to it. To be fair, it worked brilliantly for what the best part of 93 minutes. Um, I don't really think we tested their keeper that much, unless unless my memory's starting to fade as I get older. Um, I, I don't think we tested him. Did it, I, Most of the chances either seem to be blocked or straight at him and quite comfortable saves.
1: I well, I think from everyone,
0: the Zaniolo yes, bicycle kick. Exactly. Other than, other than that, I don't think we really made him work too hard. I mean, it didn't really help when every time the ball went above chest height, someone seemed to go down with a head injury on their behalf. Um But, I mean, we have them to thank for the injury
1: time, I guess. So it all works out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ones that were right at him, the fact that he couldn't, literally hold on to the ball every single time the it was literally right at him I think that was the thing it was maybe a little bit disappointment in terms of recollecting the rebounds because literally as soon as it was cleared it was basically back to the same block of like eight or nine or ten for Zerinsky but you are right you you'd have to expect them to do that of course this is a, a big game for them to travel from and probably would you say maybe a bit of a free hit for them regardless I mean a lot of people have gone about their home form like they did um, for Legia Warsaw. And of course we all know how that went. So I, I feel like when teams are coming to Villa Park, especially in this group, do you think a lot of them probably aren't going to be expecting much, but the fact that if they can keep it close, it might maybe pull them into the next game with a little bit more confidence. Cause I mean, I, I feel like some of their fans and their players would be kidding themselves if they thought they were going to walk out of this game with uh, even a win, but maybe that's just me being cocky.
0: I don't, I don't even think it's just Villa Park. I think it is just when you're playing at home in this competition. I mean, it says if you look at our group, out of the four games that have been played, every single one has been won by the home team. So, you know, home home advantage is huge. I, I, I always go into competitions like this. Well, I say I always go in. This is the first time I've gone into it as a Villa fan. But <laughs> as, as, as a neutral fan, you always think win your home games draw your away games and that should see you through. As long as you win your home games you stand yourself in good stead so we've we've got some difficult games coming up. I think AZ both home and away we were saying off, off recording that I reckon they will probably be our toughest fixtures and then we've got Warsaw at home so still a long way to go but winning tonight was imperative within our chances. We didn't want to be the only ones without a win on the board.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, every team in Group E is now on three points. It's completely wide open. It's anyone's game. I think it would have been a massive disadvantage for Villa to leave this with one point. Zrinski go to four. I mean, even with the other teams only then sitting at three, I know people can say it's only one game, but you're really digging yourself out of the hole, out of hole. And then you're going into that A-Z game. I mean, you have to win, literally, if you don't you'd have to say it's almost game over. So, I mean, last minute winner aside, Villa never do anything easily. The fact that some people get annoyed at that um, shows me they either haven't been a Villa fan for a long time or they just kind of decided to kind of clock out for a little bit because, I mean, when's the last time we've done anything easy, Sam?
0: Have you got the stats up in front of you? I don't want to throw you under the bus, that's all. I do. Who who is is our last game at home or away?
1: Oh, I don't have the actual uh, conference league. Um, one second here. I can I can double check that and fill some time while talking. Um, I do have the game stats. So let's go through those first and then we'll actually okay. kind of maybe talk about that a little bit at the end. Um, I think it's important to kind of reference these because I do want to talk about the starting lineup and how that differed, of course. I mean, you look at our possession, 73% to their 27. We had 15 corners. They didn't have any. Uh we had nine shots on target to their one, eight shots off target to their two. I mean they not off corner. No, they didn't. I mean I feel
0: like in the second half, Martinez made a save where he pushed it over the bar.
1: Um, it was rolled offside. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I to be honest, the amount of times that they had good goal scoring opportunities. They were offside anyways. They really struggled. They didn't have the pace up top. You could really see that. And I mean, I don't know if I've just noticed this now or it's because the Premier League is so much quicker, but how rapidly quick is Ezri Konza? Because he made their striker look like he had the pace of Pierre Mardisaka. My well, word. I mean,
0: you, yeah, don't say it too loudly because I think a certain Southgate might disagree with you. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm a massive fan of Konza. He's playing at the top of his game at the moment you can see that you can see that he's enjoying his football and he's he's becoming a real leader on out on that pitch i mean i was actually speaking to dean smith the other day who said that (laughs) (laughs) yes of course had to had to get it in he said that esri concert is the best player that he has ever signed in his career um and it's starting to see why you know you you can see the level above that he has now reached. I think people were very quick to sort of stereotype him as the one next to Tyrone Mings when they played together. But now that Mings is out and, you know, unfortunately, let's let's not be around the bush. But now that Conser has almost had no choice but to step up, he has done so in abundance.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he even said that in the pre-match presser as well, felt like he always had to lean on uh, Tyrone Mings with his leadership and his qualities, and now he feels like with the ability he has now and how he's developed and at his age, he needs to make that step up. And I thought he really did that today. I mean, I, I think it's fairly obvious by the stats we read out there, Seb, that Villa weren't under a lot of uh, defensive pressure. I mean, uh, Zerinsky did make... Attempts to break through, but most of them either were offside or you know what they're cut up pretty simply, which we are away um in match week six against Zorinski So that will be interesting. Hopefully, it's wrapped up by then. Jesus Christ, I would rather not go into that one. But let's get into the starting lineup. I mean, we all kind of know essentially the changes at halftime, but of course, we started with Emmy Martinez in goal, Luca Dean in the left back position, Long Lane, Cons as the center backs, and Diego Carlos. Out on the right, Zaniolo, Tillemans, McGinn, Dendonker, and Bailey were more in the midfield. And, of course, Jean Duran was up front. And, of course, at halftime, there was a few quick substitutions, of course. Cash came on for Luca Dean. Duran was moved over to the bench for Ollie Watkins. And of course, Dougie Louise came on for Dendonker as well. Diego Carlos came off in the 82nd minute for Captain Chaos himself, Bertie Traore. I mean, we could say that Bertie Traore and just his aura of coming on got us this win if you want to be a little bit of a, a humorous individual. But I mean, it was evident those substitutions are probably going to be made regardless of what happens. I mean, you'd have to say, I know some people kind of easily look at our team B I guess they're called a a lot on Twitter now or plan B or whatever you want to call them and now there's a lot of people are saying they're not good enough it's frustrating I've been a part of that party a little bit but you you do have to kind of sit back and think I know some people think some of these players aren't good enough but I mean do you want to backtrack a couple years and say that we'd be any better with I mean I I love these guys but are you saying we'd get more out of Trez or Algazi or you know what I mean Nakamba like it's these are the next level of players, but it's also kind of harsh to be on players too that play once every few weeks at this point. Like the fact that Longley has played two games for Villa within a couple months, and they've both been what a couple of weeks apart. It's it's a really it's a lot to have crazy expectations, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I I just want to point out before I I answer your question is that that's another thing about Conze is his versatility to play. Right back tonight and play as well as he did, um, I think is credit to him. Um, I was worried going into it, looking at our two centre backs. The high line that we play is good when we have two centre backs who play regularly together, who have good communication on and off the pitch and are able to work as a unit. Bringing in two new centre backs to that system in Longley and Carlos, who mistake me, I think I. I think I'm right in saying that they haven't played together before as centre-backs. Um, I believe so. Correct. So it's always it's always going to be challenging, and that was something that worried me. Um, and it's something that the opposition looked to get at with their long balls, but luckily they didn't have any luck. But what, what was your question again?
1: Just essentially, I, I mean, thanks for really paying attention. It's greatly appreciated. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it is kind of harsh to sit back and look at the likes of and Donker or Mon yes, Le really yes. kind of expect them to be like a Dougie Louise when they're barely playing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> okay, yes,
1: I'm back in the room with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a drop-off when you rotate heavily. The only problem is they've got to somehow gel together. You know, they've got to somehow find match fitness without you know... <sighs> it's difficult because they're always trying to find that balance and you know, we went into this competition going, the one person who knows it inside out is Unai Emery. He will know exactly who can play and their capabilities. So, I I, I do think it's a worry, the fact that you know, we saw it in the second half, just three players coming on, made a complete difference and changed the whole dynamic. But There's there's got to be a way that we can integrate these almost B players, however you wanted to call them, by giving them match fitness and by giving them time to gel on the pitch without it becoming costly to our our chances of getting results.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this has nothing to do with this game in particular, but it's interesting how mental the match day one was for Group E in the scores. And literally both games today finished one nil. I'm I'm just looking at the A Z Warsaw game. What do you think getting a red card for roughing means? Because I've never what? heard of roughing being a red card offense. I'm assuming How's it it's R O
0: U G H I N G.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: it's got a bit oh yeah i
1: i've never heard that been a, a reason for a red card but i'm assuming it's probably violent conduct they their calling i'm gonna it. search I, it up i just i i don't i don't know this is coming from uh what website is this flash score dot ca so maybe it's a canadian thing or something calling it roughing because it's canadian i don't know that sounds more of like a hockey term but regardless of that that was incredibly odd uh reference but back to the point we were making. I mean. I think there's going to be lots of ebbs and flows with this competition, isn't there, Seb? I mean, I think initially we're all excited. We all think we're just going to wipe the floor with everybody. But realistically, like we've said before, there's going to be rotation. There's going to be um, differences in quality. I mean, Jacob Ramsey would have started this game if he didn't have a reoccurrence of the previous injury he had in the summer. Um, You look at Moreno, that's taking a step back. Hopefully we get both of those guys back. Post international break, which I think Ramsey will be longer. I mean, Diego Carlos is just coming back. It's we're kind of one step forward, two steps back with injuries. So when you're losing players like that, then you're going to the third choice or the fourth, fourth choice. You have to change your tactics completely. So I can understand the urgency and the concern from Villa fans. But I mean, if we had a fully foot squad, you had Buendia and Mings in this rotation, I don't think we'd have any complaints, would we? Like really, it's it's just the fact that we're dealing with things that we don't want to be dealing with, and I mean, let's be honest. How many times has this happened to Villa in the past and unopportune times? So it's just something we have to deal with. Uh, yeah, I, I
0: don't. I, I don't really <laughs> don't want to add to that. If, but maybe, yeah, we 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 have got unlucky with with injuries recently, but got to get on with it, I guess.
1: Well, so I think an interesting stat here is John McGinn's winner was his 40th career club goal, not his villa goal. Like we said before, we had to do some editing and the magic of podcasting um, took effect. So um, we corrected that one for the lovely listeners. But you know what, guys, let's move over to our i I'm three... glad I'm not on editing duty tonight. Oh, trust me. I, I hate this. This is going to be fun. <laughs> but regardless of that, let's get over to the three word reviews on Twitter. This isn't live either. Oh my God. I, I mean, maybe a little bit, be, be a little bit more humorous um live. So, yeah. Three word reviews on Twitter. Tweet us at 7500 to hold post-match. Usually the post goes out five to ten minutes after the final whistle. There's plenty of them to get through, uh, of course, and that gives Sebs his notice to be a little bit creative and not panic at the last second, or myself, because I never prepare ahead of time for these. Um, let's start with one Aston Villa saying, worth the wait. Uh, Tony says, about fucking time. Uh, Phil Adams, super John McGinn. Um, Sanj says, slow, fast goal. James uh, slow, say, fast goal. slow, fast goal. James says, we've got McGinn. Another James says, thank fuck for that, but he put thank fuck together, so I will let that go just because it's a, a very late winner. Uh, Michael JC Banner, quick tempo, please. Um, Rubes says, captain, my captain. Ian Malpass, cut the fringe. Um, let's see here. Squad numbers, SJM techie monkey limbs limbs, limbs um Boss says Europe isn't easy um let's see here Spencer big second half. I swear I just saw a seven in the corner of my eye do a dab or sneeze. I'm not too sure I'm not looking at the screen right now so we'll sneeze
0: sneez. <laughs> I, I would like
1: to point that out and make that very abundantly clear that was a sneeze. Well, you know I said super jump again when you basically did that so fair enough I I could correlate them together. Um. Uh, let's see, Ernie says left it late. Um, there's someone here that says, let's see here, A V eighty two FC, um super califragilistic espialidosis John McGinn. Um, that whole first part was, I'm not repeating that word. Um, was one, sorry, was, I, I missed that one. What was that one? Yeah, super califragilistic espiadaladocious. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it again. I did it once, and that'll be it for this one. What is this podcast? Jesus Christ. Uh, Wayne Mills says, Never end it. Let's do two more because why not? Um, Villa fan says, Tillman's donker slow. Um, and let's finish with uh, Jazz sing saying, McGinn saved us. So, Seb, what is your three-word review?
0: I am going to go with, I don't know whether the listeners will understand this one, but you will, so that's all that matters. I'm going to go with off the board.
1: <laughs> that's making fun of me, because that's what I said in our first intro. Thank you very much. Um, No one will hear that but regardless of that so there's a little bit of insight into um the screw-ups and the trials and tribulations of the whole cast recording <laughs> sessions um i'm gonna go with uh, i mean i could go a super jump again like 30 people have on this but i'm gonna go with target. yeah that was another screw up um keep calm please And The reason I say that is because the last 10 minutes, and John McGinn said this post-match, they were losing a little bit of composure. They weren't keeping it calm. You could see Unai Emery waving his hands, losing his mind, telling players to slow it down and to regain composure. And I think that's important because there's going to be games like today where Villa are going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to have a lot of time to think. And it's important we just don't overthink it and hoof it in the box um, like the old days where El Ghazi would just cross it in or whoever else, and we just hope that we had a a 10-foot striker um, to head it in when we had Ali Samata. I'm not sure where Ali Samata is these days, but hope he is doing well. So Seb, let's move on to Wolves here very quickly because I know I want to get you off to your um, slumbersome bed because I know you have to get up very, very early indeed. So Wolves on Sunday away at Molyneux. I mean, We would say we expect rotation, but we're probably going to see the team that finished this game, don't you think? Or a very close version of it.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to think of our schedule. It's the international break after, isn't it? Correct. So yeah. So you we should kind of go be a, able a little to guns go, blazing. Yeah, we should be able to go full strength, but obviously bar the injuries Um, I'd expect. Torres to come back in, um, Binia, Cash, concert obviously, Louise. don't know whether Kamara will be ready. If Kamara's not ready, would you start Tielemann?
1: Against Wolves, see, that's that's the issue, and this is the thing we were kind of talking about pre-recording. It, Tilleman's in a two, I just don't know if it fits, but we're not going to play a midfield three, probably like he's going to need.
0: Unless you play Chambers there, which he has done no. Let's let's not game. even
1: discuss that. To be honest, I, I would probably who, say... Tillerns. who would be the alternative then? I mean, it'd either team? be him or Den Donker at this point. You'd have to say, but has Dendonker had enough match fitness to play in the Premier League, especially against his old side? Fair, every time O.A.? he's come
0: in, he's done well, and we we we've, we've won when he's when he's coming to the team. Um,
1: I wouldn't mind it. I think it lets Dougie kind of move a little bit more forward than he. I wouldn't really be opposed would.
0: to Leander starting, and then obviously moving up the pitch, we've got McGinn.
1: Um We don't know about Diaby yet either.
0: No, so I'm assuming it'll be Watkins, Zaniolo, and Bailey.
1: Maybe Bailey. You would have to say, I mean, I would have said obviously Ramsey, but we don't know what's going on with him and hopefully he's not out for a long time. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, who knows what Unai Emery's going to go with kind of in the attacking areas, but all I can say is, thank God there's an international break because if Diaby's out for a little while, if we're going to lose Kamara for a little bit, this might be the best news. The fact that Kamara got called up for France makes me think you would have thought they would have checked in, and it shouldn't have been that bad. If he pulls out at the last minute, then to be honest, I'm not that concerned because then <laughs> maybe that means he just needs that extra bit of rest. But I mean, all in all, it, it's tricky with Wolves because you you look at it, of course, and they what they sacked the manager Lapetegi what five days before the season start. Um they brought in Gary O'Neill. I, I mean, really hard done by to be sacked by Bournemouth, I thought. Now Bournemouth are in kind of the thick of it. Wolves on seven points after seven games, just beating City. There's going to be a little bit kind of coming off a high there. But you know they're going to do a similar thing. I mean, they're not going to treat us exactly like City, but they are going to sit back and absorb it because that's probably considering how their setup is right now and the players they have at their disposal with the amount of popular players and skill players they've lost over the last summer. So they're probably going to allow us a little bit more of the ball. So
0: I'm going to ask you the age old question here. Would you take points now if you offered it?
1: it, See, I feel like people kind of get caught into that one with Wolves because of a a local derby per se, in in quotations, uh, depending on how you, you look on that one. I feel like it's a game to really start, like kind of put our foot down on the neck of Wolves and not let go and not look behind. I feel like it's important to kind of go into the break on a high and keep this momentum going. A point's not the worst thing, but I mean... I would.
0: I'd be happy with a point.
1: With our our record at the Molyneux. I know, but all these games are usually close, but if we can get into this break with 8 games, 18 points, we're probably going to... You would think we're probably in the top 4 going into that break, and we can stew on that. And I think that's just... I think that's just a, such a huge boost mentality-wise to go into that game and know we have the amazing record at Villa Park and then start to build kind of the away form as well. I mean, would I be surprised with a, with a draw? Probably not, but I, I just think they're to be on that. I, I think people look at results like the City result, and it's kind of how we used to look at Villa when we last beat City, that 3-2 all those years ago, like a decade ago now, and we always thought back then, kind of in a very naive way, oh, we're going to build off this. But it's, not to be disrespectful to Wolves fans, but it's probably just a freak result. Like, it's I'm not so going to knock City, City hard off hard and they're hard. not going to,
0: pardon? I'm so glad you mentioned that result. Well, That's probably one of my favourite for games ever, by the way.
1: Oh, it's the best wall saver ever if you have the uh, the the, the Viman open arms um, into the whole 10. But it's, it, again, it, it's pretty similar to that. It's a freak result. City aren't going to lose the title because of that one result. There's going to be more twists and turns like there will be for us and there will be for Wolves. And, I mean, us beating Brighton 6-1, no one expected that. So I, I think it's last week was just kind of a weekend of surprises and we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, the one player we probably have to look out for more so than anyone is Pedro Neto, wouldn't it be?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, yeah, I I just I get that sick. Pit feeling when when we go to the just never do well there with fans inside. Um, obviously, we won in lockdown due to that El Ghazi penalty in the in the last minute. But I just, I, I don't. It's it's a bit like St James's Park for me. I just go there and I expect the worst. Um, and it is even worse for me because I'm going on Sunday and I'm traveling to and from the game with a Wolves fan, so. Uh, yeah, if if we, I feel like we could win. I feel like we're good enough to win. I feel like, I feel like they're there. They're there to be had, but just on being pessimistic. This is probably one of the only games this season where both fans are going into it expecting to lose. And cool. I don't think Villa fans are very confident.
1: Oh, exactly. and I think the last time that we beat Wolves at the Molyneux, aside from the uh, behind closed doors, 1-0 away Ogazi penalty, um, which, I mean, let's be honest, was the most entertaining (laughs) game um, that I can recall. Uh, I'm pretty sure the last time we beat Wolves um, at the Molyneux was January 21st, 2012, and that was a 3-2 win. Do you want to guess any of the goal scorers in 2012 on this game? Uh, Simon will be in his element. Uh, um, 2012. I mean, someone got a brace, and who you would probably th- expect to score, um, in 2012 as our main striker, was the one that got the opener.
0: What color was it? White kit.
1: I believe so. Gabby. Uh, you have Darren Bent who got a penalty in the 11th minute, and Robbie Keane got the double. I was gonna say, I was gonna yeah. say Keane. I knew, I knew Keane got the brace. I just, I thought, I thought Gabby got the opener. Oh, it's amazing. Why Petrov came to mind. Does he ever scored at the moment? I'm not too sure, but I mean, you look at this lineup. You, you had given Collins, Dunn, Hutton, Brighton, Clark, Gardner, Petrov, Gabby, Bent, Keen. I mean, Stephen Warnock on the bench. Barry Bannon, Andy Vyman. I mean, just you know, the good old days <laughs> before things went to absolute shit. <laughs> but I mean, all in all, yeah, I think score prediction wise, I know we don't always do these. I'm going to be confident. I think I'm gonna say two one, Villa. How about you?
0: I I said one all on a Wolves channel, so I think I'm gonna to have to stick with that. Um to be fair, I so there's an app, right, where people can put their score predictions in for Villa, just for Villa. I don't know, have you got it? No, I don't. It's called Villa News and there's a prediction league. And in said league, there is um uh, let me just scroll down. A lot of people in it. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Um, I am doing quite well, actually. I am 20th, and there is definitely over a hundred people. I got the I got the result tonight correct. Um, I got what else did I get? I got the Villa Palace result correct. Um, I feel like I got another one correct, but uh, it escapes me. Anyway, enough of tossing my own <laughs> horn. Um, I'm going to go one all. Hopefully, on this occasion, though, I'm wrong. Well, I hope the fence doesn't hurt too much. But
1: all in all, <laughs> you already did give a prediction to someone else, so I can respect that you're a man of your word. Um, on another note, before we wrap things up here very quickly, uh, just notice our very own Simon O'Regan um, tweeted 18 minutes ago, so just before midnight in the UK, oh, I do love a last-minute winner with a winky face and a tongue out, a easy kind of peace sign looking thing and a fist um i'm going to assume simon has friday off and he's out enjoying life um just based on him tweeting i hope or not because i didn't get an
0: anyways. invite so i will be very upset if he is without me
1: well take that up with your father i can't I will, I will yes. i'll be Dropping him a message, don't you worry? <laughs> well, I think we'll wrap things up there, guys. Um, I don't know what this last five minutes or so probably has been of this podcast, but Simon, if
0: you're listening, call me, okay?
1: Absolutely. Well, <laughs> like I said, there we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Seb for joining me. Of course, if you want want to find him on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, it's at Sebastian Bacon Eight. Follow me on Twitter or X at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. And you can email the podcast, Holtcast, at gmail.com. If you have any written content you want to share with us, of course, you can email that over to 7500 to Holt, Maine, at gmail.com. And, of course, check out the website, www.7500toHolt.sbnation.com dot com there's previews and all that good stuff opponent spotlights yada 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 just all good wholesome villa content that i could go on about for days um, not to toot um our fantastic writer's horns but all in all proud of the guys glad the website's going well again and yeah we'll leave it there uh be sure to like this wherever you listen to this follow it tell your your uncles your aunts your nans your sisters your brothers about it we appreciate it i don't know what this outro is it's it's getting late for seb and i'm you know what i've been staring at a screen with work probably for like over 12 (laughs) hours today so this has been a terrible outro he's still got
0: it he hasn't lost it i i I never do lose
1: it seb but anyways we'll leave it there and don't forget